Alright, you're listening to episode 13 of Record Night. I'm Chris. I'm Ryan. And how do we do Record Night? Well, we draw a theme from a hat, and then each of us will bring a record to the table that we believe fits that theme. And tonight's theme is soundtracks. Soundtracks. And uh, we'll talk about in a second what that meant to us. Uh, how you doing, pal? I'm doing all right. Um, getting getting frustrated with trying to do the, the podcast remotely because this is what our fourth, fifth time trying to... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, trying to get this off the ground for various unlucky reasons. Uh, lucky number thirteen. If you guys don't know, Ryan has problems with technology. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Anytime we try to do anything that's uh, even remotely more complicated than uh, doing it, doing it remotely, I said that word twice. Um, he, uh, we have issues. Um, but yeah, I think I got this. cursed by some sort of like IT witch or something. Yeah, it had to have been while you're in the womb or some shit like that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> How's your week been? So far, so good. Just hanging out, doing... It's mostly just homework and school and doing remote work, job interviews, all oh, that yeah, fun yeah. stuff. Yeah. I, uh, How about yourself? I've just, I've just been working. Pod- oh, I've been playing podcast. a bunch of video games also. Oh, dude. I bet, I, I bet you have tons of time to do that. So, um, uh, yeah, we'll get to more about that in a second. Um, <laughs> so, what did... What did um, what does soundtracks mean to you when we pulled out the hat? What what did your mind go to immediately? Uh, it went to my shelf, and I kind of looked at different soundtracks that I own. Like, mm-hmm. just kind of straight soundtracks. A lot of scores, yeah. mostly. Um, but a lot of soundtracks are generally all instrumental. Yeah. At least if you're doing the score. All instrumental, yeah. generally pretty long. And it's like, I didn't want to be like, okay, Chris, we're going to listen to, you know, this three hour long uh movie soundtrack that has no words or anything but we did listen to the sun so i don't think that's too far off that's true um, <laughs> yeah. but that's for that's every that's a that's a treat that's a treat every so often i don't want to bring a moody instrumental piece to the podcast every week um so then i was like well maybe i'll do video game soundtracks because um, those are interesting and it was kind of the same thing with those like there were they're really good, but a lot of the ones I would have brought are like, this is a hundred songs, and each of them is like <laughs> 30 seconds to a minute long, and they're all instrumental, and I don't know. I was just kind of trying to predict what we were going to talk about if I brought something like that. So what I thought, when you told me earlier in the week um, that uh, you, uh, are, I, I told you I had an inspired pick, and you said you had an even more inspired pick, and so I, I immediately thought of you again, so I thought you were bringing the Tony Hawk Pro Scare soundtrack. And I thought that would have. I thought I was gonna hear Goldfinger. I'm a Superman <laughs> over. <laughs> Honestly, that that probably would have been my second go-to if yeah, uh, if I could convince myself away from this one, and also if it was easier to find. Um, I haven't been able to find it on Spotify. And I didn't feel like making my own playlist for it, but um, I mean, Tony Hawk Pro Skater Two is my favorite Tony Hawk and my favorite Tony Hawk soundtrack. Does uh, I don't remember. I didn't play Skate. Did you play Skate? Oh, I love I love does, Skate One and Two. Does Skate does Skate have a soundtrack like that? It does. It's not it's not quite as good because the thing about the Tony Hawk things is they are like of their time. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> there's kind of like I feel like the music in Skate isn't as closely intertwined with skateboarding as the Tony Hawk music is. Okay, like I feel I, like I, they I, definitely tapped like 
skate punk and like stuff that skaters were listening to whereas this was like hey we have the license for a bunch of songs let's put it in so i i gotta say that um about i, I played tony hawk so much and my friends played so much that I think by the time I heard that I heard the Goldfinger song, maybe the millionth time, I wanted to kill myself. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, did you see that Goldfinger did uh, a quarantine playthrough of Superman? No, I I, I gotta look that up. Uh, yeah, I haven't watched uh, it yet, but they uh, they I saw it like come across my Facebook. Apparently, something that's been making around the internet that I haven't had the heart to listen to. A puddle of mud did a cover of uh, Nirvana's "About a Girl," and apparently, it is fucking awful. <laughs> Um, I need to. I need to watch it. I've had multiple people text me like, "Oh my god, did you see the puddle of mud thing?" I, honestly, if anyone says, "Hey, do you want to listen to the puddle of mud?" My my, inst- I'd be like, "You'd have to pay me kind of a lot of money to yeah. get to sit down and listen to the puddle of mud." And that, <laughs> I don't even want to listen to a good puddle of mud performance, <laughs> let alone a, let alone a bad one. Yeah, they'll go puddle of mud. You know what? There's the performance is good. I'm like, that doesn't change how uh, what I think of their music. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it'd be like listening to Three Doors Down or some shit. Like like um. I don't know. It's and then of course I'm sure you've seen the trapped go nuts on Twitter. Have you seen the trapped? Uh, oh yeah. Tweet and I, yeah. I love just all the people that the dude's taking on, and all of them are just like shutting him down immediately. Did, did you see Power Trip go against him? Power Trip was the original one to go against him. Oh yeah, and then, and then they started putting pictures of trapped audience and then Power yeah. Trip's audience. <laughs> you know, because Trap's playing, you know, like the Braden County Fairs and shit like that. Like that's what they show up on. Mm-hmm. Their last show is, I think, at like a bar and grill. Uh, well, you know. And Power Trip is doing sellout shows across yeah. the country and, and across the world, doing festivals and shit. And Trap yeah. couldn't get, get invited that they probably they wanted to. So the uh, I it all kind of finished off with like a challenge from the lead singer of power trip being like okay how about this i will we will both play your hometown on the same day and see who has the biggest draw <laughs> so uh did i tell you that i i went to i i, I lived in dallas so where power trip uh, are originating originated mm-hmm. from and i went to play halo uh, like a land party with halo at the lead singer's house <laughs> weird uh, riley yeah and uh me and him, we've gotten the t- tussles on the Dallas Hardcore message board when it was still a thing. <laughs> um, uh, but I remember I went to the land party and I had like seven people in my Ford F one fifty, and uh, we got lost along the way. Uh-huh. And, uh, someone made the joke that was inevitable. It's like, dude, when we get there, they'll be playing Halo two. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I remember uh, uh, we were driving through these back roads in Duncanville, Texas, and uh, it was a dark road. And uh-huh. My radio was going out because my CD player was out of batteries because I was using the tape deck thing, nice. and um, and uh, and I had to change it to the local rock station, local uh, alternate rock station. And it's the first time I heard Skindred's "Nobody Gets Out to Life" that thing, mm-hmm. and we thought we'd come across some pirate radio station, and it was fucking hilarious and creepy at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> but we did make it to the land party, and uh, yeah, that's like, you know, in the early days when people still used AIM and shit like that, so that was fun. Oh, yeah, and played Halo over a Played Halo, <laughs> yeah, over land, because, you know, Halo 2, because just fucking got online. And that was, I mean, the biggest uh, gripe from people when Halo came out, is it wasn't online play enabled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Did you play Halo? Oh, yeah, we did land parties all the time. Oh, yeah. Uh, I remember we went to one uh, at, at this 
out in another part of Duncanville, Red Oak, and we pulled to the house and we saw that they had a room. It was all concrete and a dog was just running around there. Like, and we were like, this is creepy. We're just going to fucking leave. So we, we drove past it and just drove back to my house. <laughs> yeah. but uh, that, that I just remember boring. we were having one and uh, a friend of mine's mom called. And, you know, you do that, that shitty thing you do uh, when you're when your teenagers messing with your friends when their mom calls. We're like, oh, pass, pass the bong, bro. <laughs> oh, my God. We're so weed right now. You know, stuff like that. His mom came and picked him up and he couldn't come back. <laughs> so one of the things that we did is uh, Amy had this thing called the IP Messenger. Uh-huh. It was for people who were uh, who couldn't who couldn't like uh, hear or see. And so what you do is you type in the number you want to call, and they'd have a a a, um, a uh, operator who really the message you sent through AIM to this person through voice. Um, it it and uh, as you're a teenager, you're gonna have to abuse it. So you uh you basically you uh, message the service that service would call your friend, and you just couldn't think the most offensive shit you could say to them. Mm-hmm. Like this person, this operator has to re- relay it. Um and. <laughs> And uh, I had a few friends that got their their uh, screen names blocked because they were saying, "Yeah, the operator sounds hot, man." <laughs> like saying stuff like that. <laughs> and when they send it back, they have parentheses. Please do not, you know, talk about the operator. But yeah, that's what we did at uh, Riley's house uh, in um in uh, Dallas, Texas. <laughs> Fun stuff. <laughs> his, yeah, his, his parents were fucking loaded. He had a giant house. Maybe that's what we talking about. His uh, privileged childhood. Maybe yeah, maybe not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I like Power Trip. Uh, they're they're a good band. I do too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, the soundtrack you chose. What is the soundtrack you chose? All right. Well, I got I I got a little creative with it. Mm-hmm. So I went with uh, it's called Black Materia by Mega Ran, and it's it's a concept hip hop album based around Final Fantasy that uses Final Fantasy VII music. So it's the backing tracks are all Final Fantasy music with like new drum beats or their cut up or things like that. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's a loose understanding of the concept, but I think that makes it more fun. Yeah, it, it is. And it's uh it's definitely a cute way to go about doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, I, uh, I, I got really excited to listen to this. So um, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was pretty timely since that mm-hmm. remake of Final Fantasy VII just came out. And I gotta tell you, man, uh, this makes me feel like I want to play Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to it uh, not too long ago and was like, yeah, maybe I'll buy Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> maybe I want to play that. Um, yeah. So Mega Ran, he's in the. He kind of rolls in the like nerdcore circles, which is mm-hmm. that's like. It's like rap music, but, you know, generally about, like, nerdy stuff. There's a lot of stuff about, like, anime and movies and video games. Sci-fi. Things like that. Sci-fi. Just overall, just kind of being a nerd. Um, But I do think... I think Mega Ran does kind of stand above them in terms Mm -hmm. of both, like, popularity. Like, he's definitely... He's worked enough that he's able to get permission from like Square Enix and Capcom and stuff like that to keep doing these albums that are based on video games or TV shows to, and use the music from the show without getting into any trouble about it. 
uh, he's also showing up on like he's friends with some of the wrestlers in WWE. Yeah. So yeah. he he comes out with like the New Day and stuff sometimes for some of their bigger things. I think he was there for like WrestleMania. I can't remember exactly. The new WrestleMania, the one that was all filmed pre. pre- no, I think it was like last year's or two years ago. Um, but I also think as far as um ability or like performance goes, I think he's better than most people in the genre as well. Um, which I mean, I like a lot of it, but there's sometimes there's some people who kind of like leave a lot to be desired because they focus too much on um references yeah, as yeah. opposed to you know maybe writing something good or delivering it well and it it might just be because it's almost like a bedroom genre like there's not a lot of producers behind it so you get poor mixing or maybe not the best performances or something like that that end up yeah. making it on cds but when you yeah, see yeah. them live like they it's a lot better yeah yeah there's a i mean a lot of times, you know, well, I've seen bands that I didn't really like, and then until I saw them live, yeah, you know, like a maybe or a band I liked, but I liked even more after seeing them live. Um, so I, I don't want to shit on bands or people that make good music but can't do it live. But I mean, that's <laughs> that's a big deal on it, you know. Like for example, mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get some hate me, but MCR, they sound like shit live. Oh but really? <laughs> I, yeah, I can't, I can't say that that three shoots for sweet revenge. Doesn't have a few bangers on that record. I've never listened <laughs> like, to it. I've never listened to them. I heard like their wow. singles every so often and was like, oh, that's nope. not for me. I do not want to okay. explore that. All right. Well, uh, uh, but, we'll be past that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so he's he's pretty cool. He's really good. This one happens to be my favorite of his, but he's done some like Mega Man albums. He's done a Stranger Things EP. He's done a wrestling EP. Uh, Last year, he did like a collaboration album with this guy, MC Lars. And there's, uh, it was about like books and classic literature. So you get a whole song about like Gulliver's Travels or um, Edgar Allan Poe or Alice in Wonderland, stuff like that. And they're they're all really good. Do you have any classic literature that you love that you go to? Like you say, this writer is my guy. Uh, like classic, classic literature. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I imagine. I, mean, I like Poe. I like H.P. Lovecraft. I like. Um, I like William Faulkner. I don't I'm know not, if Philip K. Dick counts as classic. I feel like I'm in a lot of trouble counting sci-fi as classic. I'm gonna guess the guy you 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 would say if I was saying all literature. I'm gonna guess your guy. Um, is it Vonnegut? I've never read any Vonnegut. What? All right. I like George Orwell. I like Albert <laughs> Camus. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you've never read Kurt Vonnegut? Never. Uh-uh. Mm, I never got so around easy. to it. Dude, it's so easy to read. It's not like it's not like reading Blood Meridian. <laughs> it's not like oh. that at all. Because <laughs> uh, uh, I love Blood Meridian. Um, I think it's great by Cormac McCarthy. But uh, it, is a, it is a hard book, <laughs> I guess, the it best is. way to put it. Yeah. It's a, yeah. So uh, I can't imagine that being made into a movie at all um and it doing justice to any sort of justice to the book itself yeah because um, i think a big part of it comes from the words it's almost yeah, it'd be like trying to make a poem into a movie <laughs> it's like you miss you miss something by not having the words there and it's like you could have the dialogue and stuff but it it wouldn't be the same yeah so um uh you you finished it right i mean uh it took me like 
like six months of like, oh yeah like, it took it took me about that long it took me almost a year because i kept i kept falling off of it yeah i did too I, I was i was like this is this is i will come back to this and then three months later i'll pick it up again well, um, i keep reading i keep trying to read it while i have class and then the classes pick up so i'm you know i'd get three chapters in and then be like oh shit i got papers to write and other books to read yeah yeah, so, but yeah, if you ever decide to pick up Vonnegut Man, I recommend Cat's Cradle. Um, All right, or, I'll check it out. Or Slaughterhouse Five. It's it's really easy to read compared to a lot of writers at that time. So, it's it's refreshing, I guess. I I, I read like three Vonnegut books in between um in between the Blood Meridian. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, and uh, then I tried reading Gravity's Rainbow. Now that I just fell off that too, man. I don't even know how to begin doing that one. Fuck it. <laughs> Yeah, I I really want to like Gravity's Rainbow. Uh-huh. I, I I really want to I really want to like it, but it's just it's just so much, man. I uh, it's it's like Skyrim of books to me. Oh, it really, it's, it's, <laughs> just too much. Well, uh, okay, yeah. What do you Thank what you do you drink? What are you drinking tonight? Uh, well, I just finished a hint pineapple, but I I actually am opening up right now, and you can hear me open it. A Shinerbach. Oh, very nice. I've got. Yeah. A Vista Bay hard seltzer. Oh, you're not Coconut drinking an old fashioned like you like you were. No, those those seem to be bad luck. So I. <laughs> Do you like hard seltzer? Are you that one of those guys that likes that? Mm-hmm. Okay. As long as All the right. flavor is good. But yeah, right, let's wanna... check out let's check out Black Materia by Mega Ran. Um, if you'd and, like and, to listen along. And Lost Perception. Uh, at least that's what. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, because he. Uh, that's and the ran- producer. That's the guy who did the music part of it. And random beats is that part of it too? Uh, random beats is Mega Ran. Like his originally, because this is like one of his earlier things. He was kind of doing like a split, um, like not like a split personality, but it's like he'd have his thing called Random, which is what he started as, which was just like his pretty straightforward like hip hop stuff. And then he would do Mega Ran for his like video game stuff, but the video okay. game stuff took off, so it's all just Mega Ran now. Okay, so uh, we're gonna do ten seconds uh, to pull up Mega Ran on Spotify. Mega Mega Ran's Black Materia. Correct. All right, so that was Mega Ran's Black Materia. What'd you think of that, man? Well, you know what I thought. I love it. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's so, why I brought uh, it. <laughs> so. Uh, um, so uh, the thing I like about re- records like this, um, and I'm going to tell you right away, is that, uh, and I always I always believe in limitations that artists put themselves. They'll have a hard limit, mm-hmm. but within that limit, within that parameter you set yourself, you're forced to get creative. And when you use exclusively music from Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy VII, there's some really cool and creative parts of this record. Oh really yeah, part. yeah. Uh, I love so what you're art. saying is he. Broke the limit. He limit broke. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I really like this record. Um, I'm glad. Uh, I it's always kind of a hard sell because it's like I'll try to show it to people and it's like no 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 it's a concept album about Final Fantasy VII using the music and it's rap and most people are just like I literally do not give a shit like that sounds like one of the worst things I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, like uh, and you know a lot of people are dismissive of hip hop too. So like, mm-hmm. so if you got a guy that's um. That doesn't like hip hop. Uh, I don't think this will change their mind at all. Uh uh-uh. I mean, you definitely have to have somewhat of appreciation for it ahead yeah. of time. Uh, but uh, I mean, 
listening to this, I got all kinds of uh, warm fuzzies <laughs> being because yeah. uh, you know it's it's a game that's beloved and um uh, every throughout throughout this whole record um references and um and and straight up sounds from the game it was nice it was it was nice to hear yeah um, it's it's got a lot of like nostalgic sounds and references and stuff on it like this originally I know we have one of the things in our hat that's nostalgia this was going to yeah. be my choice for that um, oh yeah <laughs> but i thought it would have like i thought it would be more fun to show up as uh a soundtracks yeah that's it and that and you got and that that's perfect honestly um do you just want to go over through it song by song yeah definitely and if you think of anything broader you can just mention it when you yeah when you hear it so uh the intro it's not quite a song right no, it's it's almost like the scrolling text at like the beginning of the game, or you know the Star Wars text crawl, or something like that. Uh, it's it's a grand. It's very very Final Fantasy Seven. Uh, yep. They talk about you know it's a but it's a great use of music, like you said. Like it's the scrolling text giving the swelling of the you know like the the um the story because it's uh, most of this record is uh, just a concept. It, it goes through the timeline. So exactly, uh, and it. It does a pretty good job of kind of setting the scene. Like, it sets the scene for the album. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does, like, a beat does kick in about halfway through this mm-hmm. song. And he does it, he flows well. It flows well. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if he was just, like, one of those flow rappers. But no, he's a rhyme master, too, which is evident later on the album. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, I, I was really, once I got through this uh, track, I was, uh, I mean, I didn't get through it. I listened to it and enjoyed mm-hmm. it. Um <laughs> We get to the first uh, first actual song on the record. Yeah, and I, w- uh, I will say this is kind of just an overall critique on my part for the album. And I kind of see why they did it. But like the first three songs feel, they, they all feel like they could be an introduction. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because it's like you get the introduction, which sets up the world. Then you get this song, Cloud Strife, which is the second song, which is like, let's talk about the character Cloud Strife. And then you get Tifa's theme, which is like, let's talk about Tifa but this is all before any like action happens in the story. So I do, I don't like these songs as much as I like the rest of the songs on the album, but it yeah. does nothing. Nothing in the stories happened yet. So I understand why they're there and you got to set up the characters and stuff. But one of the things that Cloud Strife had a occurring word, occurring for phrase, like a long time ago, you see the best of friends. I really love that. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, I don't know if you're like me, but when I listen to wordy music, Phrases jump out at me, and I, I really latch on those phrases. Yeah, um, that, this album has that, a lot of a lot of good little <laughs> catchphrases and hooks. Yeah, um, I, I was thinking while listening to this song, how great would a music video be for all the songs on here? And like, but sort of like Red versus Blue, you know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah, like, yeah, like like just using Final Fantasy VII, like like the horrible horrible graphics. On yeah, Final like a machinima. I bet yeah. somebody's done it. <laughs> They've had to have right, like done that. Yeah, uh, but uh. Uh, like uh, I love this. I actually really like this song. It's I, I know you didn't really care for it that much. You feel like setting it, but but just saying things like a uh, sword leveled up and all that shit. I was uh, mm-hmm. all about it. And then we it does to- it does have one of those lines in it though. Um, what it? Oh, he's talking about his memory, and he says the frame rate spotty like a PS one. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I don't like that line. <laughs> I don't know why, but something about that line stood out, and I was like. <laughs> I actually actually wrote down frame rate. <laughs> That's oh really? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we get to uh, Tifa's theme. Yeah. Um. So uh, 
I, I wrote down uh, Continua Adventura because he because he he does change words sometimes to make it rhyme, which I'm actually about all about. Like, mm-hmm. um, uh, and, uh, and this Good song, the, fo- the first time, this is the first song where it feels like there's a lot of emotion involved, and you don't hear that a lot. But I, 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 uh, I wrote down. There's a line here that says, "I can't fight it. I think I like it," and I put dash. Me too. Yeah. Like, I, I like the song. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it does a good job of really like capturing. I I have never out played all the way through Final Fantasy VII, mm-hmm. um, but it's like I feel like the album does a really good job of like capturing emotions that I think they're probably trying to show. Yeah, in the game, uh, mm-hmm. which I think is really cool. I think overall this album does something I really like, where it like it props up the old uh music tracks like the backing mm-hmm. tracks it's right. it's the original kind of like midi sounds that they use the original mm-hmm. compositions using the ps1 sounds um and they do change them to make them more like flowy and rappable and something that you can like you know rap over but it still it's still respectful of the of the original score which i think is really cool yeah and then we get to uh my favorite song on the record actually. hey mine too it's yeah, avalanche yeah it's pretty uh, much the single from this album like he plays yeah, it at every show he does it feels like it because it, it's catchy as fuck <laughs> yeah get the whole crowd chanting hey i've seen it live where um the backing track is played along with uh a bunch of like brass instruments Oh, that's cool. It was really good. Yeah, it's a, it's def- like, I feel like if they were to release a single from this record, put it on the internet before everyone else, everything else, this would be the this would be the single. Maybe that's how they did it. Um, it's a I I rec- like I recognize this song right when it came on right mm-hmm. um, like uh, in the game like uh, they're on their way to blow up, blow up uh, the maker reactor which is the next song yep. but um but uh I love the chorus. You know, like uh it's so uh, good like dude yeah this one he really he really hits everything hard i think the the verses flow really well the mm-hmm. chorus is such an earworm it's got you know like a hey backing track that you can chant along with like it just feels good it's to an- listen to this song. it's a anthematic you know like, exactly like it's, it's the um it's my favorite song on the record uh I love my favorite thing in this one is uh, when Barrett comes in to do his lines <laughs> yeah. and he says, uh, that's right. I've got a handgun. No, I mean it literally. I've got a handgun because that character in the game has oh. a gun for a hand. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll move on to uh, Mako Reactor. Yeah. So and- uh, I, I, I know this song so well because it haunted me. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> getting through that level they play the whole thing throughout the whole like section of the game and you're like fuck let's get out of here because <laughs> in this section of the game you are basically you're setting off the maker you're setting off a bomb and you have to get out of there for the place blows you know yeah and so and that, i like i like how i like how heavy it is oh yeah 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 it's um it's uh only the beginning you know, yeah. like, like let's, let's stick with, and, and you know, they also talk about promises and sort of like how how Cloud is a, uh, you know, he's tr- he promised not to leave Tifa behind. If he ever needed her, here we go. Like, like now is time when they need each other. Yeah, um, it's a 
you know, it's a typical, uh, you know, badass guy shows some heart sort of thing. Yeah, um, and I like, what I like about this one is it it ends abruptly. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then it goes just right into the next song. I had to check. I've listened to this album a bunch of times, but every time I have to check, it's like, is it the next song yet? Is this the next one? <laughs> Uh, in uh, in the game, it does uh, something abrupt happens. So I was like, I was like uh, following my head, and then and it goes to Aerith. Um, yeah. So I love this part of the story in the game. So I was really into this song. Uh, but this song sort of had a couple parts to it. Um, yeah, it like changes halfway, where it almost it almost has vibes of like Tifa's theme again. It to- it tells the story of that character, the whole the whole thing, really. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, I love this part of the story. Um, I love lines like a soldier to a bodyguard, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then uh, it sort of strips down near the end, and then it builds back up, which I was really into. Um, yeah, it's it's just another, it's another like, character-driven song, so you get a little bit more of, like, uh, it's not really story stuff. It's just a lot of, like, this is what this character is about. Yeah, and I really, I really enjoyed that song. But uh, I gotta be honest, I'm not a fan of uh, Cosmo Canyon. Uh, yeah, this is. Uh, it's where like kind of the collaboration songs kick off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have a bunch of them too. They have a. I'm not saying a bunch of bad songs, but a bunch of collaborations in this. Yeah. Um, and feature, this one features the Ranger. Right? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, it. I like that when it's talking about different characters or like different characters almost have like their own monologues or something. And that's when mm-hmm. he's using the collaborators. Yeah. Which is really cool. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not huge on this one. I like the backing track on it. Like most of the other stuff, but this is kind of where you start to see that maybe mega Rand is better at what he does than a lot of other nerdcore rappers. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that does kind of shine through on a lot of the collaboration songs. Um, But, you know, I'm I'm willing to overlook a lot of it because I I don't think it's bad, but it's like you're when it's next to somebody who's better, it shows a lot more. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then we get into uh, since I'm familiar with the game, they get into Don Corneo and I I'm so fucking happy that it is a song about this guy. Uh, this uh, the interludes uh, featuring Brentofoss. Um, uh-huh. Brentofoss, who does the voice of Don Corneo. Uh, it's this this song is corny, <laughs> true to its name. Yeah, but uh, but it's a short song too. It's only a, a minute and fifty five seconds, which is which is they call it an interlude. So that yeah. makes sense. And it's it's funny. You just get introduced to Don Corneo, and he's kind of saying his whole spiel about he's mm-hmm. he's basically just a weird pervert and that's that's what he's saying yeah and then uh, it gets into uh the next song which is a full song don of the slums featuring storyville and the thought criminals yeah and, which um, don of the slums uses the same track for don corneo but like cuts it up a little bit more yeah and it, it's it's a kind of it's it's kind of a middle com- uh, not middle com- social commentary it was showing basically how Don Corneo's mansion is so luxurious, but outside it's just a it's just a shithole. Um, yeah, yeah, and uh, that's that's evident in in the um, in the game too. Like like they're always it, part of the reason I think people love this game so much is not only is it just a a pretty killer game, um, it has a lot to say, which is I mean you can't say that about a lot of games, right? Um, no, there's a lot of social commentary there. Yeah, yeah. Don's, and uh, so uh, I actually really liked 
but it's still it actually that's when I got back on board with it. Like you know, um, yeah, it was kind of like two songs in a row that were kind of like ah whatever. I think Don Corneo is fun, but it it's hard when. Um, I mean, it's a concept album about a video game, and there's, you know, kind of goofy, cheesy parts in video games, so you mm-hmm. you kind of have to accept that with Don Corneo. Like, this album isn't, like, super straight-laced and straightforward, um, but, yeah, I I like it. I like Don of the Slums a lot. Yeah, and um, Don of the Slums, it, it sort of treats material like like drugs. <laughs> you know, like, like yeah. they, they sort of they bring that part in there. Uh, and then it goes into The Turks, Mm-hmm. Um, uh, featuring Dale Chase, uh, I I really like um the Turks in the game, so I was I was all about this song. Like the, yeah, the Turks- I liked I liked the rapping on it because it was it was like really like off kilter. It did kind of give mm-hmm. me like almost like an MF Doom kind of vibe where it's like he's not being super precise with being on beat and stuff like that, but it still like works. Would you call this successful? The the uh, the, the rapping style uh, accessible. Like on the whole album or on this yeah, song? Yeah, the whole whole album. I think so. Um, yeah. Or at least I hope so. I've never like sat down with someone who likes rap and likes Final Fantasy VII and been like, "Hey, why don't you check this out to see what yeah. they think?" But yeah, um, I think I think to my ears it sounds more accessible and good. But dude, uh, I gotta be honest. Uh, you're in our ears and not like everyone's ears. <laughs> 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 like like I was listening to King Cruel the other day. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, I was listening to the new one, um, and uh, I, I really like it. But it, I can tell, like, like it, it would. I can, I can tell when it's not going to be appealing to someone else pretty easily. Yeah. So I was sort of thinking about what would my, you know, what would my mom think of this, or what would my my <laughs> wife think of this, and I just, I don't think they can get into it. You know. I've had better luck showing this to people who like Final Fantasy VII than I have showing it to people who like rap exclusively and not Final Fantasy VII. Well, I, I think if, if that like makes video, sense. I think if you like video games in general, you'll find something to like about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, not like if you only like Tetris, but if you're like a, you know, if you're a light gamer to a heavy gamer, and I think nowadays you're pretty much a heavy gamer. <laughs> right. Um, especially now <laughs> since we're stuck inside. Uh, and now's a good time to pick it up as a hobby. Oh, yeah, yeah, if you haven't done doing it. And so after the Turks, which is a pretty great song, uh, we on that on that day five years ago, which I love the backing bongo beat on this oh, one, dude. Yeah, it's got that's a sick my favorite bongo part about beat. This one. Yeah, yeah, I, that's my favorite part about the song is that is that uh, with the sick bongo beat, like it starts up and he talks about traveling the world and back and needing the outcome and all that shit, and then it it strips away to the bongo beat, which comes, which actually bleeds into the next song, which I'm pretty pretty pleased with on that one. With a birth um, of a god, yeah, birth of a god, yeah. Which I like this one. It's like a transition track, like because in the game it starts off in Midgar, which is like you know, like the slummy city, all that stuff. And then at some point you leave it, and then this is them coming back to it. Is you and get this? Uh, yeah, like, all right, we're heading the- on back in. We're gonna finish up what we started. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but just so you guys know, um, uh, birth of god features MC Pennywise and Devastate. Devastate. Um, mm-hmm. And you know each when they have uh, the um, the guests on the on the song, they each play a different character. So it's um it's it's not like a superfluous like let's have my friends on this shit. No, like it it, it actually adds to the song. I think. Yeah, I think there was a lot of care chosen to both with a lot of care used to choosing the collaborators and which mm-hmm. part they played, 
and yeah, it's not just like having your friends on a track because they like Final Fantasy VII. It's like, okay, well, you're gonna you're gonna play Sid now, or you're gonna play Sephiroth, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, after Brothers of God, we get into Sid featuring Phil Harmonic or Phil Harmonic, I guess. Um, yeah. <laughs> Phil Smash Harmonic. Yeah. Uh, this is also a pretty short song. It's a minute fifty seconds. Uh, sort of just I, I think introducing Sid. You know, like sort of like not introducing, but. Sure, something who Sid is with the name Sid. See, I right. Get, yeah. Um, yeah, and that's kind of how a lot of the, you know, you got your Don Corneo, you got your uh, Turks, you've got Sid's theme, you've got Cosmo Tifa's, Canyon. You got Tifa's theme, Cloud. Yeah. You know? Well, a lot of those ones that are like the collaborator ones as characters, which are, they're short. They're mm-hmm. generally sub two minutes. Just yeah. it's a little part. How's this character reacting to it? Yeah. And then we get into the, I think, the one song that I don't think has anything to do with Final Fantasy. <laughs> Cried the Planet? Yeah, it. I think it does, but more on like a thematic level. Yeah. Because the whole like, thing is, a, um, like the whole game, as part of its commentary, has got some like environmental message. Because, you know, yeah, yeah. the Mako stuff that, and the reactors and stuff, they're yeah, just the drawing life, power the from life, the planet and killing life it. Live stream and all that. Mm-hmm. Um I, I actually put in the uh, in the notes for this one talking about real shit, <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> like, they do reference like a, you know America today. They use the term America and all that shit. Um, so uh, I, I love the line "Die for his own inequity." I I, I like that quite a bit. Um, I I it's my second favorite song on the record, actually. Yeah, it's it's another one of my favorites. I do think there are songs on this album that kind of like stand above other ones, and this is mm-hmm. this I, is I, one I, of them. I like the um. I definitely like the um, the Turner phrase. You know, hear the cries of the planet. I cry for the planet. That sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So I so think I'll, I'll, I, the backing music on this one has like some really cool like sci-fi sounding synth. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it just sounds cool. It sounds different than a lot of the other stuff on the album, while still kind of keeping keeping with it. But it feels like they spent a lot of time composing this because they kind of keep adding layers and doing interesting stuff musically to it. Yeah. And then we get into Absolute, um, featuring Elias and um, Maiha. Uh, this is my third favorite song on the record. It sounds uh, like it sounds like a battle in the game. Yeah, because yeah, it's like it's they're perfect. doing their. It sounds like a battle theme, and then everyone's almost like taking their turns in a turn-based battle, doing their verses. Rapping avalanche, bull like maker reactors, mohos, ultimate weapon, stuff yep. like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is my third favorite song on the record. And I really, I actually really like the featured uh, artist on this one too. That, I do that too. Was, that was my favorite part. Uh, after that, we get to the last track in the record called "One We Angel." And this is sort of like three tracks in one. Um, it's the final battle with Sephiroth. Uh huh. Which that that first part of the song is my favorite part. Yeah. It's it's just got some really cool. Like the beat's really cool. It goes. It's really heavy. Goes really hard. I, one of the things I really, I mean, I actually really appreciate the uh, story behind it. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end, he sort of just goes and over over a beat. He tells like the story of him as a rapper and how he g- came up, you know, and, like how this came about at the end of it, you know, like yeah, like, that's I, a that's just kind of like supposed to be just a little hidden track thing on here. Yeah, but I, I like I, it. Yeah, I, yeah, I like it quite a bit. And then there actually is a hidden track, a bonus track, which is not really named. Um, 
Because I noticed it was 16 minutes long. I'm like, Jesus, fuck. <laughs> Ryan, please. <laughs> I was like, this shit's an hour and, fi- fi- hour and 12 minutes. I thought it just give me a Star is Born to listen to. But, um, right. But, uh, no, I actually, I, that last track, uh, I really appreciated um, this story um, about it. Like hearing the guy talk about, you know, how he got the uh, clearance from Capcom to use the Mega Man music and exclusive yeah. licensing without all paying for it you know that sort of thing um so yeah, he, uh, i don't remember if he mentions it or not but it's like he used to be a teacher and he's just on a lot of stuff he's a he's like a super positive guy he's super interesting um like he's definitely like one of my favorite people um in the in that kind of in like the nerdcore community or yeah. anything like that like i i follow him on instagram see what he's up to and it, he's always like super happy about um, like kind of just what he's made for himself. It's really inspiring. Yeah, so uh, I would definitely recommend this. Did you buy the stream? Did you buy the vinyl on when you saw him live? Uh, no, a friend got it for me. Um, oh, that's nice. <laughs> I think like for my birthday, he found it on some website. Well, that, and I was like, very, I didn't even know they made it on vinyl. That's that's a nice friend, dude. <laughs> yeah, I bought it on I bought it on CD when I saw him live. Okay, it's oh, in like a you... DVD case. It's kind of weird, but. Were you still listening to the CDs at the moment? Like no, no, but I wanted to. I wanted yeah, you want to sort them somehow, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. you didn't have any like T-shirts or anything, and it was like I want that album. Yeah, so this is a nerdcore, like a you know, good nerdcore. Um, yeah, I so think I think he prefers just... chip hop. Okay, All but right. that that I mean, that works. he <laughs> runs in the nerdcore nerdcore circle, so I'm gonna keep calling it that. But yeah, I think he calls it chip hop. Okay, a little bit, so, uh, uh, a little bit trivia I, for you. I really like this. I think I'm gonna actually check out Megaran's other stuff, and hopefully that branches out to where I can actually be uh, v- visiting a lot of, uh, or you know, visiting a lot of chip, chip core, <laughs> or chip, uh, chip rap, uh, chip artists, or chip hop artists, or, or you know, maybe branch out a bit more. I really enjoyed this. So thanks. yeah, well, I'll, I'll send <laughs> you, <laughs> I'll send you some more stuff. Oh his. fuck yeah, fuck yeah! My brother's actually a big fan of MC Chris. Oh, nice. That's actually what I. That's where I saw him originally. Was he was opening for MC Chris? Did you know uh, Megaran before this? Before, no, uh, I just MC saw him Chris? at the show. Yeah. I saw him at the show and was like, "This is, this is amazing." It was he was the best part of the whole night, and yeah. now I'll isn't see him it, every time he comes through. Isn't it weird when you see a band like you go to see a like an artist and the opening band just fucking blows him out of the water? Oh yeah. <laughs> like I, I I saw when I was uh, eighteen or nineteen, I went and saw Darkest Hour. Poison the Well and Thrice, and Darkest Tower opened it and fucking crushed it. Everyone was a fan of Darkest Tower at the end of, at the end of their show. Like every, like I had friends as soon as that the set ended, they were like, "We can probably go now." <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like that's how killer they were. And you know, Poison the Well were fine. Uh, I uh, I was at a point where uh, I was almost too old to be moshing, <laughs> uh-huh. you know? but I, I did anyway. But uh, yeah, the yeah with Megaran, uh, Black Materia. Uh, you can find it on Spotify. You can find it on uh, Bandcamp if you're one of those dudes that goes to Bandcamp. And uh, you're one of them. I know you are. I am too. Yep. Um, <laughs> you, yeah, you can find I, a, you, a Smell. Smell. Smell is on Bandcamp. Yeah. 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 Smell. <laughs> they're both, both, their, both their records are on there. And uh, yeah, I, I would recommend uh, listening to Smell. Smell. Thanks and for then plugging get, my band. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then going and checking out Megaran. Um, so what... Do you, what did do you, you bring? Uh, what did you bring? Oh, 
Okay, so I went traditional movie route, but I I I didn't want to go like you know like um, I wanted to get super kind of weird with it. Okay, <laughs> I I I picked a movie that I didn't think you'd ever pick, uh, but I mean you're wrong. I brought the Batman Forever soundtrack <laughs> from 1995. Why did you pick the Batman Forever soundtrack? Okay, uh, I don't. I, I'm gonna be a uh, super upfront. I really love that Seal song. It's a good song. Yeah, and, and uh, I I really like Sunny Day Real Estate. So okay. and they're both on they're both on this uh, on this soundtrack, uh, and it's it, it's a uh, it's before YouTube became really uncool to like. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I personally uh, thought it was always uncool to like them, but oh well, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so it, I, I want to say right out the way this this soundtrack is a product of its time, but it was super. Fucking popular. It sold um, almost as much as the Prince's Batman soundtrack did back in 1989. So almost almost as much as that. But uh, first off, I want to know your thoughts on Batman Forever as a movie. I think I've only seen it once. That's okay. got... It's still got Val Kilmer, right? But it's yeah. um, Tommy Lee Jones, Two-Face, mm-hmm. and... Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman. And does it have... It has Jim Carrey as the Riddler. Jim Carrey as the Riddler. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... It's a I don't hate movie. I don't hate the cartoony Batman movies. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people kind of give them shit. Um, so you like Batman and Robin? I I think like is a strong word. <laughs> I, like it's fun. Like <laughs> there are definitely better Batman movies, but it's yeah. I don't know. Stupid Batman stuff is fun sometimes. Like I can watch yes. a dumb movie. I'm not watching Batman to you know be. Uh, mentally tested or you know philosophically tested it's like yeah i want to watch mr freeze say stupid lines with his ice skating henchmen and you're not you're not sending me to the cooler yeah (laughs) i want to watch batman peel his rubber lips off (laughs) so uh i actually own batman on uh, vhs uh-huh. So I, I know the movie pretty well. Drew Barrymore's in it for a little bit too. If, I, if you didn't know that, she plays like um, like the good side of Two Face. Hmm. Um, yeah, and Chris O'Donnell. Let's not forget him. Even <laughs> even though the, even though the rest of us have forgotten, everyone else forgotten, has. <laughs> I, I haven't forgotten you, Chris O'Donnell. Um, <laughs> and it's nice to see Val Kilmer be a action hero. You know, you know. Mm-hmm. But it, it it's a ridiculous movie. Um, but it, it, it's sort of trying like they they. Uh, Offered Tim Burton to direct the third one. He opted out, and so since he opted out, Michael Keaton opted out. Because he was only going to do with Tim Burton. Uh, and then they got Joel Schumacher, who directed 8mm in, uh, I think, Snake Eyes? One of those two. And um, he is a ridiculous person. <laughs> like, as, as, as a director, he is uh, completely crazy. Which is why the Batman Forever is, is good in a crazy way. Okay. And then Batman for Robin is just not good. Uh, and people really, really uh, shit on the bat nipples in Batman and Robin. <laughs> like it is bat- weird. Yeah, <laughs> that, they, that the bat nipples are weird. Um, apparently, Joel Schumacher, when he says that he did not ask for bat nipples, the costume design came with the bat nipples and really fought for bat nipples, so he kept them. Um, <laughs> I, I I don't even know what to say about bat nipples. Like I, I, like I I honestly, dude, I saw this as a kid in Batman and Robin. And I thought it sucked. Um, but uh, oh, I saw it as a kid, but I was a, that was before I had taste. I was oh, like, yeah. I had to have been five when this came out, and six or seven when the next one came out. So it was like, I don't know what's good and what's not good, but the Batmobile looks cool. 
Yeah, it does. That would be looks awesome. Uh, let's get to the uh, songs on this on this uh, soundtrack. Yeah, we'll let's. Uh, well, let's let's listen to it first. Oh yeah. Okay, we'll give you a. It's a guys. I'm sorry. This isn't on Spotify. You can buy if you want to. Um, you might not want to, but it is on YouTube. And yeah, I think and when it's we, split we, up as individual videos, so it's pretty oh, easy well, to yeah, watch. I, f- I found a. Uh, I found a uh, one that was just all together. Oh, I found like a playlist, so it's like you could start it and it would switch to different things. It had the video for "Kiss from a Rose" and all that oh, stuff. Nice. Joel Schumacher directed that too, but we'll, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, we're gonna give you. Uh, you can go out, find YouTube, and uh, pull this shit up, and we'll be back in ten seconds. Okay, so that was the Batman Forever soundtrack. Yeah, uh, more like 1995. The soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what I said. Very much a product of its time. Um, I, I'm gonna go ahead and say this right now. The record you gave me is way better than this. Um, <laughs> well, I, I think I I think I tried to get too cute a little bit. Um, so uh, I apologize in advance. No, this has this has some bangers on. It. This was like a almost like a trip down memory lane. Even though, honestly, I haven't I hadn't heard a lot of these songs. Okay. It somehow, but they all very much sound like 1995. So it's just oh, like yeah. I got to chill for what 45 minutes to an hour, just like in 1995 for a little bit. Okay, so let's start with the first song by U2 called "Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me." Um, very wordy title, title, and very very 1995 alt rock. Um, which is I mean, this stuff. They they certainly doubled down on the kill me because that's how I was feeling while listening to this song. Just, I hate <laughs> I hate you two so much, and I keep giving I keep like thinking like oh maybe I maybe I was just in a bad mood or maybe I it's like my preconceived notions about you two. But like halfway through the song, I needed to look to see who was doing the song, and I was like oh it's fuck it of course it's you two yep it sounds oh, just yeah, like every you two song. So it's that Bono's voice is through like a Strokes like a Strokes esque filter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like uh it, it, it's as corny it's just as corny as the movie this song yeah um this will it, be the most critical i get about the soundtrack you brought because i fucking <laughs> hate you too <laughs> when you start uh when you, uh when you say i fucking hate you too i think you're starting to say i fucking hate you and i was like oh man yeah i hate <laughs> you too yeah <laughs> um d- and uh honestly this is before you two were looked at as kind of a joke um, mm-hmm. 1995, they were still a legitimate rock band. Um, now they're kind of not at all. Like it, I, they have I don't too much. They have too much ego, and it's like they just oh. kind of seem like weenies now. <laughs> yeah, they are kind of weenies, aren't they? All right, and then we move into uh, PJ Harvey. Yeah, and, uh, let's P- get to the P- good shit. One, yeah, P- one time too many. <laughs> yeah, uh, PJ Harvey. She's uh, she's um uh, alt rock star wart. Everyone knows who PJ Harvey is. This might, a- this might be the only PJ Harvey song I've ever heard, though. Oh, really? okay. But I like it. I'm definitely gonna be listening to more after this. I really liked the song. It's only it's the only PJ Harvey that I'm really familiar with is this song. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've heard PJ Harvey, you know, ancillarily for years and years, um, and people still really still really like PJ Harvey, and I don't think she's ever become uncool. Honestly, uh-uh. uh, she's she's been around for a long time, and it's a killer song. It's rock. It rocks too. It's a rocking song. Yeah, it's got some really cool, like crunchy, like interlocking guitars. Mm-hmm. That like they're not quite playing the same thing, but they work together. Um, lots, lots, of, like, lots of full instrumentation too. There's piano in it. There's um, 
there's lots of cool songs, lots of cool stuff in One Time Too Many, which is, like you said, one of the better songs on the record. Yeah, this is this is the 90s music I like. Yeah. And then <laughs> then we get into Brandy. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Brandy, 90s R&B artist. Uh, actually, put, do you remember Brandy? Because some people don't, but I do. <laughs> I remember Brandy. I don't remember this song. Also, I don't remember the movie very well. Okay. But I'm having a really hard time figuring out where this song fits in a okay. Batman movie. By the way, only five songs from the from the soundtrack actually show up in the movie. Okay, because I'm going to be this asking is, that question a lot. <laughs> uh, I I don't I'm not sure this shows up anywhere. <laughs> I'm okay. not sure where this brand new song shows up, but this I might is be the final credit song. Yeah, yeah, I, it might be. Um, but it's sensual, it's sexy. It's got a one not 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 guitar. I guess this would put it. Yeah, and it's. It's too long. <laughs> I couldn't say that. Uh, I thought it was too long. I was, uh, I was, um, I guess I had a little bit too much seal anticipation while listening to Brandy. Oh yeah, because that's the next song. So you're just like, yeah. Brandy, shut up. Seal's here. Yeah, Seal. And uh, we can both agree that Seal Kiss from Rose is a killer song, right? That's oh, not like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that it's, song rips. It, it's got uh, it's got gothic imagery. It's got uh, I I wrote down some stuff. I wrote down about baby, my power, my pleasure, my pain. Um, was this song originally made for this movie no no it was thought it was i know it was nominated for song of the year at the grammys because i feel like this was during the time it was really prevalent in the 90s where uh songs would be written exclusively for movies um like i thought uh i thought kiss from a rose was for it but i know Oh no! It was just included on it. It was yeah. re-released. Dang! So, I was thinking it was like "Fly Like an Eagle," which was made for the Space Jam soundtrack. <laughs> That's a good song too. Yeah, I I gotta say, man. So you know, uh, Elliot Smith's "Miss Misery." Uh, it was not written for Goodwill Hunting, but they said it was. So he got nominated for 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 a Academy Award anyway. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like there's there's um there's fucking uh, demos of of uh, "Miss Misery." Um, but you know that uh, predate the movie, yeah. so um, there we go. Uh, but also, I feel like it's becoming more common knowledge. But you know, it's "Kiss from a Rose on the Gray" and not "Kiss from a Rose on the Grave," right? Which we, which which would make it even more gothic. <laughs> yeah, it's weird that it's not grave, but I wish I kind of wish it was. Honestly, I'll be honest. Yeah, it seems like it would have been a better lyric, but it's not. Nope. It's from the gray, which is a, uh, which I think you and I we should record a cover of it and change it. Oh man, Seal's gonna be so mad. I know. Ba ba da da ba ba. But I mean, uh, but everyone likes to ba 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 ba. That's that uh, right. What? That 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 intro part where it's just a, just a, just him going ba da da. Oh yeah. Da, yeah. Yeah, Kiss from the Rose on the Grave, which is not near as cool as Kiss from the Rose on the Grave, which Correct. is um, but which is ups- which is upsetting, bop. but the song still bops hard. Yeah, yeah, it's a great song. Uh, and once we uh, once we get away from Seal and uh, his 1996, really the only Seal song that everyone knows, right? Right. Okay. <laughs> and it, by the way, it was released as a single in 1994 and didn't become popular until it was included on the Batman Forever soundtrack. So it might as well have been written for the movie. Yeah, r- really, yeah. And uh, the the music video for it is fo- he's singing the song in front of the the Batman bat signal. 
Yeah. <laughs> so it was made for the movie, as yeah. far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, the next song I was super stoked about because I love Massive Attack. Yeah, and uh, and if you guys don't know Massive Attack, you can go ahead and listen to the house theme from House MD. <laughs> That's Massive yep. Attack as well. Um, uh, which I think yeah. you can listen to their whole album. I think it's called Mezzanine. Um, which I think the house theme song is on. Okay. Like that was, it might've been pre-written for that album. Um, this is, this is actually a, uh, a cover by the Mar- Marvelettes, uh, that sixties girl duo group. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's called the hunter gets captured by the game. Massive attack and Tracy Thorne, a, a singer songwriter did the weirdest to this, but massive attack were they're given a killing backing track. So yeah. Sure. Yeah, and I actually I actually really like this. It's kind of spooky, right? I call it I, spooky. Yeah, it's I mean it's a trip hop song, which trip hop is it's like one of those genres I really like. Um, but there's not really enough artists in it for me to really talk about that much. Okay. Um, but it's like I love Massive Attack, I love Portishead. I think Morchiba probably fits in that. I think Burial. And it's like that's kind of about it. Okay. But it's a yeah, really, hop. really cool genre. Yeah. Uh, and then we get to, like, the, I guess the best song that fits on Soft Rock Radio, which is Nobody Lives Without Love by Eddie Reader. Mm-hmm. Um, it, 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 I, I didn't like this song, but personally, it's all right. I mean, but, like, Soft Rock to me is like, you could probably fit a Christian rock song in, in a, on a Soft Rock Radio and no one would be any the wiser. Yeah, <laughs> like, and so I got a really Christian contemporary feel from this song. Uh, Nobody lives without love. I I actually like the song quite a bit, and it gave me uh, her voice. Actually, I thought sounded a lot like Billie Eilish. Okay, I get that. Yeah, yeah. Which, speaking of original movie songs, Billie Eilish did the new Bond movie theme song, which I think now that I'm thinking about it, Bond movies seem to be the only stuff that's getting original movie songs anymore. Yeah, yeah. You should think that are like yeah, big Bond- events. Bond songs are great though. I mean, like yeah. I, I like the I like the Adele song, uh, mm-hmm. and it's cool to be. I just got the Bond song, the song Bond theme, and, and I actually really respect her as a as a new pop artist. So yeah, and I think like I didn't like this song that much. It opened with like a really cool vibe. Like it seemed like it was gonna go somewhere really cool, but then when like the rest of the band kicked in, it almost like sucked the air out of the cool atmosphere. So to here's create what it. I actually I actually put down. It fits in this uh, slow dance part in a skating rink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what i felt like, like it's like you can play this in this game with the twirly lights with your with your uh girlfriend who's 13 and you're 13 as well hopefully and, um, and i would have been you, five at the time uh, okay well i was i was a little bit older than you um i was like <laughs> eight or nine something like that so but uh yeah it fits in like a skating rink <laughs> that's what i thought that way i was without love yeah um, i we would have been remiss to have talked about something that's this uh, this 1995, and not have talked about skating rinks. Yeah, did you did you guys have a skating rink growing up? Oh yeah, I went to it all the time. I was king of the did, rink, man. Oh shit! Uh, I I okay, so I uh, I used to be able to skate on skates at all. You know, my wife's a roller derby player, and I tried to get on skates probably a couple years ago, and I fucking couldn't do it, dude. I was slipping the whole time. I used to be okay. able to do it without without problems at all, but now I've still got the know. I've still got the muscle memory. I need to. I need to get inlines again because that was my thing. Is I brought yeah, my I, inline I, skates. I, I had rollerblades too, and I, I I imagine I could still do that, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I can do quad skates anymore. Yeah, they're a little weird. I think a big part of it is like you have to kind of adjust them and 
make them right for you, which they won't let you do at a skating rink. So, <laughs> got to go with inlines. Did you did you just have a all the, like a, like an overnight walk in your skating rink? Uh, it wasn't overnight, but they would do like kind of like later evening stuff that would start at like nine p.m. Yeah, mine had like a. I had a, when I was in like a first like freshman year. It was like you gonna go to the skating rink? Like, what are you talking about? They're like they do a walk in. So it was the reason to get like, to try to kiss the girl you had a crush on mm-hmm. growing up, and that happened. So, oh, <laughs> so wow, congratulations! <laughs> Thanks. <Bob. laughs> uh, let's move on to the next one by Mazzy Star called "Tell Me Now." Yeah, Mazzy which... Star. I wrote down a in the in the '90s. It was really popular for all rock bands. To have a heroin vocal, uh, heroin sort of style vocal delivery, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I could see the ironic tank top on the lead singer now from Azzy Star. She had a very heroin sounding voice. The only thing I had to say about this song was, where does a laid back blues song fit in a Batman movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds like the- it's from a. They do it a couple times on the soundtrack where it's like just these songs that it when because I was listening to it on a a YouTube playlist and I was like, did the creator of the playlist put the wrong song in here like did they accidentally because i accidentally add wrong songs to spotify playlists all the time so i was like did he just add the wrong song well no i mean like i said like they added a bunch of stuff that wasn't in the soundtrack because they right. wanted more pop appeal uh according to the wikipedia uh, and honestly i can't tell you exactly which songs were on and not on the movie because uh, i couldn't find that anywhere and i'm not gonna listen to batman forever trying to pinpoint songs that were yeah. in and in. So, but I can tell you there were some songs like Seal song was in there, and uh, I know I know that the uh, that the Flame Lit song that we were talking about later is in here. But okay, um, <laughs> and I can tell you exactly where that Flame Lit song is. But, uh, but anyway, uh, let's move on to the Offspring's cover, "The Damned Smash It Up." Yeah, and Dexter Holland does his best British snotty uh, British snotty impression in this song. Um, they do a they do a decent job sounding like British punk, and I yeah. I've never listened to a lot of The Offspring. You know, I've listened to the singles, and I think I listened to, like, Original Prankster, uh, Americana yeah. all the way through. But it's yeah. like, I feel like every time I hear a new Offspring song, it never clicks with me that it's The Offspring. Like, I, every time no, I, I hear, like, a single from a different album, they sound like a different band besides Dexter Holland's vocals. Dexter Holland's vocals are pretty uh, distinctive due to the fact he double tracks them, so it sounds like he's in a fucking echo chamber. I can't right. stand it. I can't oh. stand it, man. <laughs> How do you feel <laughs> yeah. about The Offspring? I like them just fine. I had the original Prankster album. I had Americana. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as a kid uh, discovering punk rock, this was as close as I got before I found real punk. Same. Yeah, this so. this and like Blink-182, kind of like the pop punk yeah. stuff. I didn't realize it got better. Yeah, oh, it got way better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's move on to Nick Cave. And in Nick, in Nick Cave, there is a light. I really like Nick Cave. Um, I, got I like honest, this song. His, his, uh, he's a legendary guy, and he's savagely cool, but I don't know. He's kind of like Creepy Uncle, too. Um, right. <laughs> but I, 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 he has such a prolific catalog that I don't know where to start with Nick Cave. Like, yeah. I want to I really like Nick Cave and Nick Cave and Bad Seeds, but I don't even know where to fucking begin when it comes to listening to Nick Cave. Yeah, I want to give them another shot because I feel like I always listen to, or I try to listen to it like whatever their newest one is. Ghost Teen. Yeah, which I every time they release a new one, I try another one. So it's like, yeah. oh, Ghost Teen <laughs> came out and I get like two songs in and I'm like, oh, I'm not in the mood for this. But I, yeah, yeah. Get, like, I get it, I'm just not in the mood at the moment, so I never fully listen to an album. Nick Cave, uh, he gets pretty rageful in this song, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Mr. High Roller, Mr. Killer, Mr. Politician. 
<laughs> Getting a fucking pissed off. It's a cool song, though. Is he talking about Harvey Dent? He could be. He could be talking about the saying Harvey Dent's a politician and a killer. And, and a, a, high, high a high roller, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got the cool he's got that cool suit. Half it purple, half it not. <laughs> I think that's a what? decent design for Two Face. Like it's a little yeah. over the top, but I don't know. It feels like a cartoon. Yeah, it feels like it looks like a comic book, right? Mm-hmm. Um and then we get into Method Man's The Riddler, which was written for the movie almost like certainly. <laughs> like um I I didn't really like this um, song, the Method Man song, right? Oh, I love it. I, I liked how it r- rhymed uh, squeal with hardware. <laughs> <laughs> I liked how I did that. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. I like Method Man a lot. He's, um, I I think it's cool that he's rapping about a Batman thing. Uh, just something nerdy. Kind of gives me Mega Ran vibes. Of just like, oh, we're going to rap about a nerdy thing. It's, um, like, it's like what they did is they gave him a piece of paper with the premise. He's like, all right, I got it. <laughs> I got yeah. the song. <laughs> I know what a Riddler is. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna twist your mind, man. <laughs> <laughs> but Method Man has always been one of my favorites from Wu Tang Clan. Well, Wu Tang. Uh, I mean, Wu Tang are great, no doubt. Like, like mm-hmm. I, I love Wu Tang, right? I liked it. This was one of my favorites on this. Oh, okay. All right. I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shun you for liking Method Man. <laughs> <laughs> and his song uh, about the Riddler. Did you listen to uh God? What I think it was RZA did that shit with that guy from um from uh Interpol. What was that called? I have no idea. I've never God even heard of that. It. No, lock locking um stealing. Oh, fuck, dude. I need I need to find out before I forget. Okay. Um, I'm gonna look up Interpol Wu Tang. That's what's happening. <laughs> Unless Interpol the actual thing is actually looking for Wu Tang. Um, well, while you're looking that, that up, we're gonna steals. Uh, Basin steals. The Banks and steals, and it's got uh, it's RZA and and the uh, and um, Paul Banks from Interpol. So uh, if you get a chance to, it's a pretty the song the the, the song Giant. It's a banger. It really is. Well, maybe I'll look it up. It's called Giants. Uh, Giant by Banks and Steals with a Z. Steals with a Z. Okay. Um. Yeah. So it's RZA and uh, uh Paul Banks from Interpol. So there we go. I don't know. <laughs> So, sorry, Method up. Man. I did not mean to steal your spotlight, Method Man. So. <laughs> That's all right. Let's it's get... time to talk about uh, the Passenger by Michael Hutchins. Hutchins, yeah. Who's the Who's a dead lead singer of NXS? Oh, okay. I knew yeah, that yeah. name sounded familiar. It's also Iggy Pop cover. And uh, yeah, which gives... I didn't realize for like the first minute. I was like, oh, these synths are cool. It's actually sounded really cool, and then. Is it a cover? Or did they just resample the original vocal track? Uh, it looks like the, uh, the no. Uh, it's uh, it's Michael Hutchins, but he does his best Iggy Pop impression. Man, really does. It's um, such a weird cover. I like the music part, but I don't like the fact that it's a cover of the Passenger. But I do like the Passenger. I just don't think it works at all. Although the music yeah, is really cool. <laughs> he has a. He does add kind of a cool new wave feeling to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I've never been a fan of NXS and this doesn't change my mind at all. Uh-huh. Uh, so, I mean, really, some people really, really love NXS. I'm not one of them and I don't care that he's dead. I don't like NXS. Wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, pile on everyone, I guess. Um, <laughs> we'll go on to the Devlin's cover. The Devlin's yeah, song. Crossing uh, the River. This is, yeah. this kind of has another very 90s vibe to it. Very 1995. It's got that like short looping drum pattern with like some 
held the notes on the synth. Yeah, it's kind of sexy too. It's a it's a weird song. <laughs> it gave me uh, Talk Talk vibes. If you've ever listened to them. Oh yeah, I've had Talk Talk. Do you do you know who Face Face are? Yes. Okay. All right. That's all I want to say about that. Actually, okay. I think you, you got Talk Talk. I think in the record store day, didn't you? Uh, uh, I think you got face face. Okay, it's somewhere in my house somewhere. I didn't. Which they are not similar at all. No, face no, face no. is a is a <laughs> uh like hip hop duo from Kansas City, and Talk Talk is like a British something like that <laughs> post rock band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk Talk are pretty good though. I talk talk quite a bit. Um, I love Talk Talk. Now I gotta look it up. Hold on. <laughs> but uh yeah the dead ones they're a british alt rock group that it really took off yeah they are english okay yeah uh talk talk uh, dead ones aren't really i mean no one really knows who they are now right Mm-mm. i don't know who they I, are i hadn't heard about them until i saw the soundtrack for this so let's <laughs> move on to uh, a band that i am pretty intimate with or know well at least one of their songs albums really well sunny day real estate that is a song called eight and it's uh it's um great song it's, it's a great song. It, it starts out and then it breaks in, and it's it's the uh, this is gonna sound weird. The, the guitar tone in it is what I search for every time I play guitar. Like like that's the sound that good I want. tone. Like yeah, I was listening to it and I think it's a real um like Smashing Pumpkins guitar tone. Oh yeah, and that, that's honestly it's uh when I think of it, I want Smashing Pumpkins, I want Sandy Real Estate, and I want Silver Sun Pickups guitar tone. Yeah, so. and since we were talking about like MCR earlier, uh, mm-hmm. which I don't like, I do like this kind of like first wave emo stuff, which is what Sunny Day Real Estate fits into. Well, I'd say there's second wave emo. If you want to get like first wave and super into it, you'd call I guess like Rites of Spring and some of the early that late '80s DC hardcore emo. Yeah, yeah maybe. And then they called Sunny Real Estate. They were probably right for the second wave. With a give kids and shit like that. Uh, so if you're Brazil. before the second wave, you're first. then you're first wave, right? Yeah, but when you're doing it, when you actually are playing it at that time, it's not it's not anything. It's not even emo yet. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, let's get to it. But Sunny Real Estate, um, if you guys don't know who they are, check out Diary. And if you Great really album. like them, we could, yeah, Diary's uh, fucking fantastic. And it's got really fucking cool uh, art in it. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's like it's great and depressing, and it's great when you're a teenager. Um, and you know, uh, still great you, now. Yeah, it's still good. It's still really good now. And uh, you can go ahead and deep deep into the catalog, and if you want to, you can find out what the singer is supporting Christian. It does a bunch of Christian shit, which I did not go into, but hey, <laughs> teach their own. And then we get into the song, "The Flame Whips Bad Days." This song appears in the part where Doctor E is first. Uh, coming up with his um his helmet that you can put on mm-hmm. and uh he his boss comes in there and uh you know he's really pissed off that that bruce wayne said too many questions you know and so he uh kills his boss but he changes it so it looks like boss kills himself but that's where this song shows up where dr e is going losing his mind for the first time okay uh, yeah and i don't know if you remember that but and like i uh, said it's only, i've only seen this movie once um because i was too busy watching batman and robin um i've seen batman and robin more but again um this is this is the one where i was kind of like this doesn't sound like it belongs in a batman movie like i was almost convinced at this point that they just added 
a song to their Batman soundtrack playlist no, on accident. Like when I listen when I listen to this, the song the first time I'm like, oh yeah, I know exactly where this song shows up. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, like the, I don't the, like the, the first half of the song, but I really like. I did like when the like the drums and stuff kick in on the second half. So it's uh, the first half sounds like outsider music, but not in a good way. Mm-hmm. Uh, signature weird Wayne Coin again. He's a creepy uncle type type character. You know, like I feel like he like if I Wayne Coin was our uncle and I took my wife to Thanksgiving, he said something slightly sexual about her. Then like, what the fuck? Like, like, like that's <laughs> what I feel like Wayne Coin would be like. But uh, th- this has a line here that stuck with me. It says, "You hate your boss at your job, but in your dreams you can blow his head off." Uh-huh. I don't think I've thought that about anyone. No. Um, uh, but apparently in your dreams, that's why I dream I could do my boss my job. It's blow his head off. By the way, I like my bosses. If you guys are listening to this, we, we make a good team. But um, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I don't, I, I, it, it is a weird line of like, I don't know if I'd really murder anybody I dislike. I don't think I've. Even in my about, dreams. Yeah, I don't think I've even dreamt about killing, like, Blowing someone's fucking head off, but uh, but when the percussion comes in, it's it's a it's a it's a all right song. Like, like they have xylophone. If you got xylophone, it's percussion, xylophone and like horns. But once the actual the drums come in, and about a minute and a half into the song, it's a decent song, right? Oh yeah, yeah yeah. I wish more Flaming Lips was like that. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't mind. You don't really like. You don't use jelly or you know, that other shit. I just uh, don't. I just don't really like the flaming lips. I I I, I don't hate them. I like Yoshimi fights the pink robots. Uh, pretty. I like that actually. Kind of that song is actually pretty badass. And I think I had do you realize on my wedding soundtrack? But then I realized that song's about death. Ah. And so <laughs> I don't even know why. It's why I, it, yeah, I don't even know why. Uh, but uh. <laughs> But uh, yeah, moving on, what did you think of this? When when you listened to it and you're all said and done, what was your thoughts on it? I had fun hanging out in 1995 again for a little bit. Me too. And, uh, actually, <laughs> it's been too actually, long since I've been there. Yeah, uh, a good 25 years. Just so, about, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, I think it's time to draw our next category, isn't it? I think we should. Okay, I'm going to get the bag you... Uh, you know, make time. I'll be right back. Make noises. I don't know why you didn't have it close by. But, um, I mean, this is this is the Record Night podcast. Okay. I got Listening. the hat. Sounds like he's back. Got the hat. Let's fucking do this. Let's right. do it. Crinkle okay. that bag. Crinkle in it. It's a hat, guys. Yeah, or crinkle that hat. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I pulled... Oh, best album year you're born. The one I was fearing we'd get. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Okay, so, so, best album from the year you were born. I was born 1986. When were you born? 1990. Ah, it's going to be much easier for you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, 1986. I, I will probably, probably, I don't know when to bring in, man. I mean, uh, I, I do research. I know. The 80s, 80s had some good music, so. Yeah, I mean, it's got, I mean, I, I think Who's Do came out the pretty good record of the year. I don't know. We'll figure it out. <laughs> Alright, um, so uh, you have a... I mentioned it earlier in the show, but you have a... Uh, we're going to probably uh, bring this down to people. Do you have a... Uh, what, what else are you doing? Um, I'm in a band called Smell. So Smell with a question mark. Um, we have two albums out. Uh, they're on Bandcamp. If you just go to smell.bandcamp.com. They're free. Feel free to download them or listen to them if you like. 
either our intro to the podcast or our outro to the podcast. They're both somewhere in that within those two albums somewhere. So yeah, if you'd like are. to listen to it, please feel free. Yeah. And what yeah. about you? What else you got going on? I uh, I do another podcast uh, weekly called Movies That Don't Suck and Some That Do. Uh, we do two movies a week. Uh, lately, the streaming movies, obviously. Um, and um, we're trying to do new streaming, but uh, I know last week we did the Florida Project, mm-hmm. which and twenty, which came out in twenty seventeen. Uh, but uh, you know, there are times to visit movies from back then. Uh, we also did the Jesus Rolls, which is uh, I guess you listen to podcasts, but about that one <laughs> but, um, that came out in the late February. It's the spinoff of the Big Lebowski. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, the second I saw that was announced, I had a lot of people send it to me like, "Oh my God, Big Lebowski's getting a send a spinoff or a sequel," and I could not have been less excited to hear that. I yeah, hate uh, I hate cash grabs and sequels that don't make sense. I, I'm gonna go ahead and say the movie didn't make sense, but anyway, we're, we're, you listen to the pot. Uh, Neil liked it. If you guys like Neil and you listen to it, uh, I do not. But uh, yeah, uh, movies that don't suck and some of you look up the whole name. And you get some podcasts and stop being, they stop making. And uh, uh, I've considered emailing them. But um, <laughs> we're movies that don't suck and some that do. I do it weekly. Uh, very rarely do we take a week off. All yeah, right. it's it's been a while since you haven't seen a bunch of movies. Yeah, I see a bunch of movies all the fucking time. It's great. <laughs> I honestly, I love I love seeing movies all the time. And uh, I told my wife when I was doing starting a new record night, she's like, "You yeah, have time, like." I'll make time, baby. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, next uh, next podcast will be Best Album Year You're Born. And uh, that was episode 13 of Frickin' I'm Chris. I'm Ryan. And, and we'll, we'll see you guys next time. I'll see you next time. <laughs>